Well done, Baku. That is how I started today's episode because once again, the Azerbaijan streets have managed to deliver an exciting an unusual and uh, riveting podium, which seemingly is this circuit's primary strength, apparently. Uh, but we'll get more into that in a minute because, of course, you are here today listening to the Rearview podcast with me, Tom Lomas, and the wonderful Mr. Reese Keeble. Reese, how are you? I'm all right, thank you, Tom. Um, bit of a weird setup because my camera's not on again. I feel mm. like it's a running theme in the podcast. I do apologise. Um, I've literally got no power, so I'm on a weird bootleg setup. Um, and yeah, it, it, it's stressful. Life is stressful at the moment. You got Georgia in the corner on a bike, powering the house. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, a, a hamster wheel, just uh-huh. a massive hamster wheel. She's running in it. That's how I'm able to charge my laptop to be able to do this podcast. But yeah, uh, unfortunately, because lights are out and everything, the lighting would be horrible if I had video on, anyways. So I think it's just worth Tom finding a, a funny picture. Yeah, well, that's good to hear that you're okay. Obviously, bad to hear about your your power problems. Um, and I want to once again throw in a small apology here for uh, the absence of our Monaco episode last week. Um, there wasn't as, much to talk about, was there? There wasn't much to talk about, but as we also mentioned in the episode prior to that, we are finishing uni, or I should now say we have finished uni. Congratulations, Reese. Yeah, well done, Tom. Um, and it was all our deadlines in last week, and, and we simply just didn't have the time for an episode, unfortunately. Um, so... If you were wondering where we were and you don't follow us on Twitter at the Rearview Pod, um, go follow us because if we ever are going to miss an upload or it's going to be late, that's where we'll tell you. So that's that's the best place to go. Yeah, it's really worth giving us a follow because uh, during the races as well, we we like to tweet out. I like to spell Vettel's name wrong. I like to do other wacky stuff during the races. We all we all are on that Twitter. I say we all Ruth, who isn't here this week. Um, but yeah, we're we're all active on that Twitter. Yeah. We're, we're we're up for a chat during the F one, definitely. Just yeah, just get involved. Absolutely, Baku. Then let's have a chat about Baku because it really is a circuit that pulls some bizarre results out of nowhere. Um, I'm going to give you some examples, Reese, because we've had five races here over the last six years. Obviously, we didn't have one last year because of COVID, and pretty much every single one of them has had a driver on that podium that feels very much out of place and shouldn't be there. So in 2016, when it was a European Grand Prix, we had Rosberg and Vettel, which was quite, you know, that's Ferrari and Mercedes on top. And then Perez in a Force India. All right, interesting. Mm-hmm. 2017, uh, Ricardo won it. That's when Vettel and uh, Hamilton decided to play some bumper cars and bump off each other uh, on the restart of a safety car. And in that race, Lance Stroll managed to get onto the podium in a Williams. Why not? Uh, 2018, Perez got back on there again with Force India. 2019, maybe a slightly less exciting race, but uh, exciting podium, but it was a crazy race uh, nonetheless with the likes of Daniel Ricciardo reversing into Daniel Kvyat. Why not? And then this year, we got 35 laps with fairly boring, minimal racing. And then Baku, the the Baku gods just decided they want to spice things up and set a couple tyres exploding, leave Hamilton's magic button on. uh, And the podium ends up with Perez on top. Vettel in the Aston in second and Gasly in the Avatari in third. I mean, what a race, first off. But what a podium. Reese. what did you think of that race? Yeah, so you can tell that it's a, it was a weird one because normally we start off at the start of the race. But this yeah. time we've started off at the end of the race because that's where all the excitement was. Nothing yeah. really happened, like you said, in the first 30 or so laps. Um, I sent a message to... I, I think I sent a message to you saying, wake me up when something happens. Because mm-hmm. uh, I was very much dropping off asleep, especially because I was working nights. Um, but then, oh, it happened. It really, really happened. What what a fantastic second half of a race. 
Yeah, and like you say, this probably won't be an extremely long or, or heavily debated episode because really there isn't that much to talk about. The tyre blowouts and the braking mistakes are pretty much everything there is and they were the respective driver's faults or not their fault. You know, there was no other driver at fault in those incidents. But, I mean, it's not going to stop us from dragging every bit of content out of this that we can and we will talk more uh, talk about the specifics of those four, few incidents um, a, a little more later on in the podcast. So stick around for easy, that. Easy for you to say. Easy for me to say. Go um, before we get into the race, because yeah. uh, that would have been a lovely link into the race. <laughs> um, before we get into the race, let's talk about qualifying. Oh, okay. We haven't scripted qualifying, so we're going to do it all off memory, which will be fun. I've got um, a little bit. <laughs> have you? It's literally the next paragraph. Is it? Yeah. Ah, well... Doesn't matter. If, <laughs> if if so so the problem is if Reese reads his scripts before we start the podcast, he then will know what's coming up. Carry on. So yeah, we'll start off just a little bit there with with Charles Leclerc. So we'll go a bit more into depth into qualifying than what I've got written here. But it was Charles Leclerc who managed to get back to back poles um, after his pole in Monaco the week prior. Charles Leclerc now actually is uh, tied with Hamilton for the most pole positions this season, which is crazy. Um, but obviously, you want to go in a bit more depth with Avalon qualifying. I'm guessing more about Lando Norris. So go on, Reese. Give it. Give us the rundown. Well, it. it I wasn't going to do the Lando Norris. I was going to talk more about how it, it. It was. It was really gearing up to be a a safety car race as always. Um, but the fact that we saw three red flags was it in qualifying? See, I'll I'll, I'll quickly I'll quickly butt in here and say I missed the actual qualifying live i had to watch it on the channel for highlights because i don't know if you can see it in the background of this shot there's an xbox series x over there and i spent Ooh, all of flex, saturday big flex all of saturday making sure i got that one so i missed the actual qualifying but i managed to get it uh, on the highlights and in the channel for highlights they basically just cut out all the red flag stops so to, to me it didn't impact me that much but i feel like for reese here you've got a bit more to say about it yeah so um I, i've got to say it was a it was a little bit frustrating but also quite refreshing um because F1 drivers, sometimes you feel like on the street races, it's like Scalectrics. Mm. You know, they don't really put a foot wrong. Uh, There was was a a tailwind going into, I think it was turn 15. Um, Off the top of my head, I think it was turn 15. Yeah, yeah, the Uh, one where everyone crashed. Yeah, that got a couple of crashes happening. Uh, Lando then got a grid penalty for um, the red flag regulations and not following them, um, which I think was a little bit silly. Mm. Yeah. I just want to get your opinion on this, Tom, as well. So, you didn't see it. They cut it out of the Channel 4 coverage. It wasn't in Channel 4 coverage, yeah. I think that was a big point that they missed out on. This is why I told you to watch it back on Sky. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, um, basically, in my opinion, and I think the way that most people saw it, Mm. Lando was going too fast um, when he saw the red flag to then try and break on... He would have had to break on a dime to then come into the pits. Um putting people in the pits at danger, I saw it as. He saw the red quite late, and then he asked the team, what what should he do? Because I think in his head he knew that he saw it quite late, um, and he knew that he wouldn't be able to make it into the pits, but then I think he also knew that if he stayed out, he would get penalised. Yeah, um, I mean, I've seen I've seen the video since. I think Sky Sports posted it on their, on their socials, and it was a weird one because he was already left as if he was coming into the pit lane, uh, and he drives past the red flag flashing sign on his way to the pit lane and then comes out back into the track. So yeah. I think that's why it was a penalty because he did have chance to get into the pit lane but obviously didn't realise or I don't know exactly what What, what doesn't happened. help him as well is the fact that he then sped up 
under red flags. Yeah. That really didn't help his uh, his situation there at all. It was also... Actually, also, something similar happened in the race, didn't it? Obviously, when uh, Verstappen had his, his bump into the wall and the red flags came out there, I don't know if you saw this, Latifi was coming through and just drove past the truck parked in the middle of... Because they went to go through the pit yeah, lane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He drove past the truck that was um, parked on the start-finish straight and his, his mechanic said stay out. That was horrible, horrible communication. It was. Um, but so if, same... if you missed it and kind of watched the highlights, I don't think it would have been really yeah. on the race highlights. But yeah, um, Latif, uh, red flags came out. Latifi knew the red flags were out. But his mechanic was on the radio going, stay out, stay out, stay out, stay out. Uh, well, at that uh, point, at that point, <laughs> it hadn't gone from a red flag. It was still safety car through the pit lane. So he yes, was... Yes, yes, that's he, it. He should have... For, uh, yeah okay the mechanic is to blame because he said stay out which what he meant was don't come into the pits just drive through the pit lane which is stupid mm-hmm. but at the same time Latifi should have seen all the other cars going through the pit lane and also seen a huge truck parked uh, on the start finish train and thought I shouldn't go through there Yeah, he's a bit to blame there as well yes it was the mechanic's fault first and foremost and there was a lot of confusion there I don't know if it's, it's slam dunk just on the mechanic though because common sense should have been useful there for, for Latifi but anyway it obviously has been a bit confusing on the radio messages this weekend um, I don't know yeah uh, just one last thing about Quali before we then move yeah. on to the race um, it, it it was another it was another red flagged Quali like at the end which was quite sad to see everyone was gearing up for a fast lap mm. and then the, uh, the camera does a very sharp cut to uh, Yuki Sonoda who has gone into the barrier at turn 15. Mm-hmm. and um, No, that was turn three he went into the barrier. Was it turn three? Yeah. Ah, apologies. Um, in turn three. And then it also showed Carlos Sainz, and it looked like they had a little tangle. However, um, watching that back, I don't know how Carlos didn't have any brown mess in his pants. Well, I think um, it was... Yeah, Carlos was coming up fast behind Yuki, expecting him to make the corner. Yuki didn't make the corner. Carlos was like, oh, no. <laughs> Carlos had to break out of it and turn his car just to make sure that he didn't didn't end up, you know, like Yuki. Yeah. Although although I said it at the time, it was a convenient... Uh, another Ferrari bringing out... Well, contributing to our red flag to ultimately put Ferrari on pole. I don't know. Uh, Maybe this is their, uh, their, their tactic for the rest of the season. I don't know. Um... We'll go back to Ferrari, though, and we'll go back to Charles Leclerc, who obviously was on pole. And we'll talk about him at the start of that race because he, as I said, got back-to-back poles. But in the actual race, he just fell away and couldn't really do anything about it. He, I don't know. How would you sum up his weekend, Reese? What would you say about that? Uh, it's a difficult one. Um, it, It's all about the tour, isn't it? Mm. It is all about the tour on this track. And um, Baku's proven time and time again that if you don't have the tour, you don't do well. Mm. Charles Leclerc got very lucky with his tours for qualifying. Very lucky. Um, well, I say lucky, very well planned out. Yeah. Um, in the race, obviously, you won't be having that tour and tour and tour and tour and tour. And um, he just showed on his race pace. Like, he, he just ended up dropping off. I, I still think um, to finish where he did, it was... Uh, Fourth, wasn't it? Fourth. And he, he had a good yeah. scrap with Gasly at the end for third, but ultimately didn't get it. Yeah, but I I think to finish where he did, like, hats off to him. Mm. Um, that Ferrari didn't look too stable during the race. Carlos mm. Sainz looked like he was struggling to uh, struggling with it anyways. Um, I don't know. I think he's had, he's had a good weekend, for, for Ferrari at least. He's had a good weekend. However, eh, 
that, that's that's my final word. Eh. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I feel I I kind of felt bad for him. It, he was a bit of a sitting duck, like you say. Hamilton had DRS on him, then Verstappen had DRS on him, then Perez, and it was just like he couldn't do anything to fight with them. I think that that Ferrari has definitely looked better on these street circuits. Obviously, it's got pole on both of them. It's looked much better than it did any of the other circuits, but they didn't cap. They haven't capitalized. I don't think on on what they could have done. Obviously, Leclerc didn't even start in Monaco, and. In this race, he sort of just fell back. It's a they still got uh, a podium in Monaco with Science, and they still got a fourth place here with with Leclerc. It's not all over, but they could have done more. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, right then, let's talk a bit more about the race as a whole. Then, so after the first couple of laps, I think it was after the fifth lap, I put a tweet out saying, you know, mo- uh, as uh, Baku, this isn't Monaco, this is Baku. Uh, can either be a really exciting race or a really boring race. There's never an, uh, a mediocre race in in Baku, um, and for the first couple of laps, it was showing hallmarks of the, of the 2016 European Grand Prix that was held here, which which was to say the least uneventful. That was the example of a boring race at Baku. Um, but on reflection, I think that was a little bit harsh because even in those opening laps, there was a couple of drivers coming through the field who, you know started well and ended up having a brilliant race as well and i'm just gonna give a nice shout out to them because i'm gonna say firstly seb vessel who started 11th played a blind of a strategy and even without hamilton and vishlappen's crashes would have been a very respectable p4 um and sergio perez who has had a lot of pressure on him to perform as you always do in that second red bull seat um you know and and he 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 had a lot to live up to from what he promised he could do in that Red Bull seat. You know, we knew what he could do in that Force India. Uh, yeah, in the racing point, the Force India. So could he do it in the Red Bull seat? And he, so far, had struggled a little bit. But, you know, these are both proven, experienced drivers. And I think we are now seeing them getting comfortable with these cars. It's taken five races. But I think they are now sitting in those cars going, all right, I'm quite comfortable here. I can perform here now. And it's a first and second for both of them. I think they're getting settled in these new teams and they're doing well in these new teams. You know, I, I, I've I said it time and time again, I love throwing around a prediction of 2012 Vettel is back. You know, when, when he first went to Aston Martin, I said this would happen. And you, you, you teased me recently at the start of the season saying it looks like he might not be. But I think now he's settled. I genuinely think we saw a spark from him in that race that we, that we haven't seen for a while. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a funny one because Vettel did look like he was struggling in that Aston Martin. Um, Straw was out-qualifying him time and time again. He was getting in with the race pace. Mm. But, like, people forget that Stroll has been in that car for a while now. Yeah. Uh, and that car was very much built around Stroll. Um, I think... Um, I, I was, like, kind of having, like, a little joke at your expense about it when you were saying it. However, I am I am over the moon that the old Vettel is back. It can only mean entertaining things for Formula One. I think it's a bit early to say that he's fully back. However, the way he was driving that car, oh, it, 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 it was like his, uh, like his Red Bull days all over again. And I think that, that is a very good thing. I, I rate Vettel very highly as a driver, and I know it, not everyone does, but... I, I'm on the same boat as you. I really rate him. I yeah, like Sebastian Vettel. He's a four-time world champion, and yes, you could say he had an excellent Red Bull under him. But actually, in those years when he won with Red Bull... It was very closely contested, a lot closer than it has been for most of Lewis's titles in the past few seasons. He's a good driver, and yet he had a good car, but he made it work, and he did well with it. I think Ferrari really tarnished him, and I think he never had a good season at Ferrari because 
I think the Ferrari team is pretty toxic, to be honest. I don't think they like, you know, inspiring their drivers and trying to make them work better. And I think now he's at Aston Martin, he's in an environment where he can flourish and can go back to those those Red Bull days. And hopefully, hopefully he does and we see more podiums from him throughout the season. That's for sure. Yeah, well, I think it, it, it's also nice that he's showing, look, just because Ferrari gets you down doesn't mean it's over. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, I was talking to a guy in uh, in my local pub and because uh, I put I put the F1 on because, you know, I, I work there, I should say. I'm not just <laughs> in there 24-7. Uh, although. Um, yeah, I was talking to a guy in my local pub and uh, he's a prediction for you, Tom, and I want to get your reaction uh, on this on the pod. Okay. He, I said that I think Hamilton might end up retiring at the end of this year. Okay. Russell will end up going into the um, Mercedes. He said that he thinks that Hamilton, if he doesn't win it this season, like if he doesn't win the championship this season, will end up driving for Ferrari next season. Oh. Yeah. No. I, I kind of wanted to come round the bar and give him a little slap. Yeah. And be like, I mean, but yeah. Like, obviously Hamilton's shown admiration for Ferrari. Mm. And he's always, like, said, you know, Ferrari's a team growing up that you always wanted to drive for. But there's no not no chance in in this world that he's going to be driving for Ferrari, is there? I mean, I might be in a year's time eating my words, but I, I don't I don't think so. I think I think he he's too settled at Mercedes, and I think Mercedes are too close rivals to Ferrari to let that ever happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I can't see it happening. I'll be honest. See, the reason the reason why I said that is because I brought up to him. I was like, well, who'd you get rid of then? Because you've just got Carlos Sainz in, and Charles closed the golden boy. Mm-hmm. And then if you surely, if you're getting rid of Sainz, surely you're bringing in Mick Schumacher. Mm-hmm. And uh, he didn't have an answer to, answer for me, so I, I think I got too deep into F1 talk. <laughs> he probably, it, it, is he a big F1 fan, or does he just know Ferrari? <laughs> no, no, he, he he seemed like he knew what he was talking about. Like maybe he, then when he engaged, because uh, he was like, "Oh, the F1's on." I was like, "Oh, you're a fan." He's like, "Yeah, yeah, I've been watching it. I've been watching it quite a bit." So interesting, interesting. Well, I think it will be one to watch and you know this that podium was all former Red Bull drivers so that was that was an interesting thing as well about yep. it uh, former or current I should say but you know it's good to see Perez performing in that Red Bull now that's what the Red Bull have needed for a long time it's good yeah, to see it, Vettel coming back I'm very happy it, with it it brought in a different dynamic yeah we it, it was lovely to see that uh, Red Bull and uh, more importantly Max Verstappen had the advantage on the Mercedes because it was only one Mercedes up there and two of them. Yeah, you know what I mean. It was the, it was bullying, but the other way around. It's like it's, whatever Hamilton picked, they could have covered him either way. The thing that the thing for Red Bull as well is that they lost Max in that race, and ordinarily, if it was Albon or Gaston, I don't like going against them because I think they're good drivers still. But if it was still in the periods where they were in the team, if Max had crashed out of that race, that would have been a Mercedes win. Yeah, but because Perez was there, Perez held up the fort. He managed to bring it home with the win, and obviously Lewis made the mistake. But that's that's the, that's what you need a second driver to be there to do, and and he was today, um, and he did it well. He came from sixth to, to second for that win. You know, he did a good yeah. race. It, it, it wasn't like he qualified there and held it there. He pushed to get there, and that you know, well, you got it, to give it's it. like Ruth, um, the other co-host to the pod, obviously. Um, she she isn't really a fan of Perez. She thinks that Arbon should have stayed in the seat so i sent a little cheeky message in the group chat after the race saying alex who mm. uh no reply she, she wasn't having any of it so. well I, I, yeah i mean i think i understand the point because 
Red Bull have become known for shoving drivers out the door. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time... Uh... Album feels like a fresh breath. A little boop. That that's uh, that's good. Uh, Albon feels like a breath of fresh air. Is Perez, what I'm trying you to mean? Say. Uh, yeah, Perez. Sorry. See, yeah. I even missed it all after I did the. <laughs> no, yeah, I think I think Perez is something different, and he he's he's bringing that team experience, which is what they needed. Uh, and if he can keep performing like that, then obviously he deserved the seat, and and he'll he should hold it. Um, I think if he was performing like he has done in the first four races, which was not that much better than what Albon was doing. You could make a, you know, a word for it, but the fact that Perez now is the first driver to win with two constructors in the hybrid era since 2013, he's the only driver to do it. Wow. He's, you know, won a race for the first time since uh, Daniel Ricciardo lasted in 2017 for Red Bull. There wasn't much to happen. He's proven that actually maybe this is, you know, maybe he is the driver Red Bull need, and if he keeps going, then then you know he's going to contribute heavily towards that constructors championship for them. Definitely. Um, right then, I think it's time for some tyre talk because uh, it's definitely the, the controversial talking point coming out of Baku um, and Pirelli will definitely have a lot of question marks over their heads right now with two very dangerous tyre blowouts seemingly unrelated to wear. Red Bull said they had no warning whatsoever that the tyre might go. I mean, it could just be a huge coincidence that under the load of that huge straight in Baku two rear left tires blew out but i'm very doubtful at that you know i think it's a fact that pirelli brought either the wrong tire to this race or a faulty tire to this race that that would never have upheld and i think if the red flag hadn't come out uh, and tires hadn't been changed we might have seen more casualties to these tire blowouts what do you think about this race what, what do you think about about what happened in this race it was two very 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 dangerous crashes where the drivers were lucky to be able to get out the car mm. and in max's case kick the tire <laughs> um i think um it was good and very, uh, very good sportsmanship from Red Bull, because um, obviously you hear the the FIA radio now mm-hmm. um, to get in contact with the FIA and be like, look, we had no warning about this. If I was you, I'd red flag the race. Yeah. Get everyone in and let them change the tires, because um, yeah, it, it was getting very, very dangerous, and. It, we we like a bit of drama. We like a bit of, a little bit of danger. That's why we watch F one. That's why we watch cars going round yeah. about two hundred and fifty mile an hour. It's the thrill. Yeah. However, when it's dangerous to the point where, like, obviously lives are on the line all the time, but when lives are on the line through no fault of the driver, like when it's basically in fate's hands, mm. that's not what we want to see. And I'm really glad that it got red flagged. And hats off to Red Bull for being the ones to be like, look, I know we're winning. I know that we could still send Perez round for two more laps and probably take home the victory easy um but we we can't let this happen anymore well i will say as well fair enough to red bull saying because initially when i heard that radio and saying i think we need to red flag the race i was like oh it's because they want them to cancel the race completely it'll go back a lap and max will still win but no what they ended up saying was i think we need to red flag the race because we need to change tires they were never saying let's not continue this race because rebel very easily could have just made the argument that it would be too dangerous to continue and ask them to because with only two laps left you can say just red flag it we'll call it there we'll put it back a lap we get a one two max and perez win it beautiful but they didn't they didn't do that and i think that is good sportsmanship they let the race go on they let that last two laps happen and obviously it, it worked out well for them 
you know, I in think, terms of Paris winning, but I think I think that was all to do with the um how do I say this in a PG friendly way? <laughs> um the the sausage swinging um that Horner and um Toto Wolf have been having this mm. weekend. I think that was a massive middle finger to Toto um from Christian Horner to be like, Look, we're gonna do this. Like we're we're gonna absolutely nail this and we're gonna do it on the track, not with a red flag, and we're gonna prove to you that we are yeah. we are right up there with you. I well, picking up on that actually, I'm I'm gonna say I'm seeing a side to Mercedes that I haven't seen before. Mercedes have never really been challenged for a title like this. The only challenge they've ever really had was from they were the drivers, not another team. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing a side to Mercedes, especially to Toto Wolf, that I'm not really liking. Like he's just throwing a lot of insults at Christian Horner, calling him. I think he called him a windbag. He just wants to be on TV and all this kind of stuff, which is seemingly unprovoked. And I think Mercedes are letting it get to them. They're letting this title, and it's exactly what Red Bull want. But they're letting it get to them, and they're they're almost losing focus. And Mercedes are a team that don't lose focus. They're a team that always have their eye on the prize. But you do start to feel that maybe this is, you know, Mercedes' weak point. They don't like being challenged. Well, yeah, you always talk about who blinks first in a race when it comes to pit stops and stuff like that. Mm. This is Mercedes blinking first when it comes to the championship. I haven't seen Mercedes look this unsettled since I started watching F1. Yeah. And obviously I've been starting watching it in, like, the Mercedes era. But, like, they're, they're second in the Constructors' Championship at the minute. They're not looking well. They're being a bit... Um, handbags sort of thing yeah. with Red Bull. They're trying to get the Red Bull wing, uh, rear wing chucked out and stuff like that. Like They're using every tactic possible to try and give them the upper hand in what is realistically one of the best battles for, for the Constructors' Championship and in each race that we've seen in many, many, many seasons. And it almost it does sort of feel and sportsman like from Mercedes sort of going well hang on this is our sport what what do you mean we're getting challenged in it what well, they've got an illegal wing they've got a legal this this and the other and and Red Bull are going well you've got we've not got a legal wing your front wing does exactly the same as our rear wing we've never yeah. picked you up on that it feels das. like yeah exactly das yeah and it does feel like you know they're being very harsh on on Red well not harsh but obviously they have to be harsh on their 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 rivals but they're being a bit bitter about it they're very they're very much going like look michael massey like yeah we've been the big players for yeah. so long yeah if you don't do what we say we're not going to be as friendly with you sort of thing like we're not going to be we yeah. won't do all the promotion stuff we won't like we, we might even drop out you know what i mean like they'll, they'll be playing them cards yeah because they are arguably the biggest team in f1 you ask it's... you ask anyone to name an f1 team on the street they'll say ferrari you ask any f1 fan to name an f1 team they'll end up saying Mercedes. Yeah. I think it's yeah, it's one of these things where Mercedes are founded on the idea or they've at least been founded on the last few seasons. The reason they've won these championships is cuz they never sort of let the ball drop. They never, you know, get complacent. They never do this this and the other. Which is excellent and that is why they've been so dominant. That's why they've never been allowed other teams to catch up. And obviously now that that's kind of not worked and other teams have caught, or um, well, especially Red Bull have caught up to them, that you can see them kind of throwing their toys out the pram going, well, hang on, this is our philosophy that wins. What do you mean it's not the winning philosophy right now? And they don't have an answer to to, to what they can do. And what they need to do, really, is just say, right, it's a, it's a, it's a championship race. You know, we're all fighting for it. 
what can we do to get ourselves the upper hand? And that's what they need to focus on, not on Red Bull are cheating, Red Bull are doing this, you know. They need to focus more. That's it what feels I like they're already trying to put the asterisks next to Red Bull yeah. to be like, oh, they won it, but they cheated. You know yeah. what I mean? They're yeah. already trying to smudge the name in case they do end up winning it. Yeah. And and I'll, I'll quickly interject as well and say that I feel like this weekend, they absolutely threw Valtteri Bottas under the bus. They didn't give him a chance. Yeah, okay, Bottas had a really bad weekend. But in qualifying, he was impacted heavily by the red flag from Carlos Sainz at the end because he couldn't get out and do a fast lap because the only proper lap he got to give a have a good go at, he had to just be punching a hole in the wind for Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. And he got Hamilton to second, and then Bottas came around to say, All right, my turn, came out again, and, and they didn't give Hamilton to do the same thing. That was the first thing that I was like, okay. And he ended up qualifying 10th. And then in the race, he, he didn't get anywhere, probably because of that, because that Mercedes car doesn't work well in traffic. It's not good in the middle in the middle of the field. And you've got to feel that Mercedes did sort of just use him as a tool this weekend. And I feel really bad for Bottas. Yeah, he had a bad race. I'm, I'm not going to make excuses for him. He was it, it, it wasn't a good weekend for him. Well, that's to understate it. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, I don't think Mercedes really helped him much. They never said, you know, there was no statements from Toto Wolff saying, oh, we're really sorry about Valtteri, he, he'll, he'll do better. You know, there was nothing about, I don't think I even saw an article with Valtteri Bottas' name in it this weekend. I don't think I saw anything about Valtteri Bottas this weekend because it almost feels like Mercedes ignored him. I feel really bad for him this weekend. I feel like they're, they're, drift, they're drifting apart, those two, that, that team. Uh, like Everyone's like, oh, Valtteri's going to get fired. Valtteri's going to leave. Oh, yeah. Valtteri is going to leave. He's going to get a seat somewhere at a mid-table team. Yeah. Because, uh, mid-table... Yeah, mid-table team. That's right. That sounded yeah. weird then. That sounded like a mixed-in football terminology. <laughs> um, but he is. He's, he's going to get a seat. He can, Valtteri can leave that team and get a seat, in my opinion, anywhere he wants that isn't Ferrari. Yeah. I, I think my, that, I think that's probably opinion, true. He can, he can, and he deserves better than the way that Mercedes are treating him. Mercedes are very much being the villains right now in the sport, yeah. and I for one really can't stand it. It makes me feel a little bit unwell, even talking about it, because it, it, I don't like to think of things in in a negative light, especially when it's something to do with the sport that like we both. Yeah, love. I think but, for an angle, neutrals have always sort of they've always wanted to see. Mercedes be challenged like this because dominance isn't fun in sport. No one likes seeing a team run away with it in in any sport. If it's football, Manchester City winning every league, no one would like that. So neutrals always want to see more uh, from other teams. But I feel like now, sort of, you know, neutrals that have never, I mean, never thought Mercedes are this godsend team, but they're sort of now looking at, like you say, as the villains. They're not looking like rivals. They're looking like the bad guy. And I don't think Mercedes ever looked like that before. They've, yeah, been... uh, they're the best, but they've always been quite humble about humble to an extent. You know, they 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 work for it, but now you're like, yeah. well, what, what are you doing? I don't know. It's it's an interesting thing, and and maybe you know we're only five races into the season. It's a long season. At the end of the season, we could be talking about a whole different story. Who knows? But for Mercedes, I think they need to push the boat out a little bit and do something different and think about think about their actions. Put them on the naughty step. They uh they had different car setups as well. They they made sure that Lewis's car was set up basically perfectly for the track, mm. whereas Valtteri had a different w- rear wing. 
mm. that increased his downforce, I yep. think it was, or something like that. So that's already hindered Valtteri, and Lewis had the pick of the like the pick of the bunch sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. You you feel bad for Bottas, but Lewis as well. I didn't have a great weekend either, and we'll go on to that now. What a segue, Tom. Thank you. Um, let's talk about <laughs> Sir Lewis Hamilton then making a mistake. What a rare occurrence. And so what Mercedes is saying is that it was an accidental button press that caused it, which sounds convenient, to say the least. Part of me sort of thinks maybe he just forgot to turn it off, and that could be the case. But also, if it was accidental, why would a button like that be somewhere on a steering wheel that it can accidentally be knocked. It, literally a button that stops you from being able to brake for corners. Why would that be on a, anywhere on a steering wheel you could accidentally knock it shifting up gear? That makes no sense. But at the end of the day, Lewis got to the first corner and just kept going, be it accidental or, or not. It was a mistake from the seven-time world championship, from the seven-time world champion, and those are rare. What do you think of this, Reese? Is it a mistake? Was it an accident? What happened? I mean, um, that's that's probably the the happiest I was all weekend. Yeah. Watching Lewis just absolutely bin it. Um, obviously, us here at the uh, F1 Review podcast are, are firm fans of Lewis. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I don't. I don't think it was an accident. You saw when he lined up. Um, <clears throat> sorry. You saw. You saw when he lined up on the grid. His tires were heavily, heavily like smoking. Yeah. The brakes were smoking more than any other car. Yeah. So. Already, you, you you sat there thinking to yourself like, something isn't right here. No. Um. And yeah, if it, it's not an, I I do not believe it's a, uh, it's not an accident. I think he just forgot to turn it off when he was sat on the grid because he was too busy trying to concentrate on the restart and everything. I um, he let the pressure get to him. That's what I oh, think. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Um. Even then, it might have not even been a magic button. That might have just been the the cover up that they've used. Yeah. He might have just locked it up going into the corner and absolutely hindered his chance at a podium. I think it's... And to be fair, that's an interesting point that you make. Maybe Lewis is trying so hard to prove that he can't make mistakes that maybe he got to the pit lane and instantly tried to make an excuse. Yeah. But, you know, I for me, I think the... I don't think that he could have turned, turned it off then accidentally turned it back on. That's, like I say, extremely convenient if that is the case. And... I don't think a team like Mercedes would have the oversight to put a button like that somewhere it can be accidentally pressed. It's like building a house, but you can only get in from the roof. Yeah. Like, that that's the equivalent of putting that button right next to where your hands would be on the steering wheel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the horn on a normal car is in the middle, so you don't accidentally press it. Yeah, literally, exactly. Like, yeah. What? It, it makes no sense if that's the case. I do not think that's the case. I think that Lewis... Is is wanting to be seen as this kind of driving robot machine, half robot, half machine sort of thing that he can't make mistakes. And the second he realised he made a mistake, he was like, "Oh, I left the uh, the 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 magic thing on the you know the the thing for the tyres." You know what I mean? I mean, I, I do. I I don't think the magic thing is is not real. I think it is real. I think Ted instantly came with an explanation oh, of what it was, yeah, so yeah, it yeah. must be real. He must know of it. Um, and I think it probably was on. I think that's why he went into the corner. I think it's just a, a question of did he accidentally press it on, or did he just forget to turn it off? Was he so, you know, focused so on 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 Perez not getting the best of him that he he messed up and ended up behind Mazepin? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It, uh, it was such a weird one. 
was. Like it was so exciting. Don't get me wrong. It was mm. it was lovely to see. Um, just purely that Lewis Hamilton's human. Yeah. Oh you yeah. Know, 100%. He messed up. Like he messed up. I... It's just more annoying that he didn't hold his hands up and go. Well, I messed up. Yeah. Well. I mean, I I I was I was thinking like at the red flag. I was like, Hamilton's going to win this. He's going to come through, win it, yeah. and absolutely take a storm in the championship. That's it. It's over. Yeah. Well, even if he didn't win it, second was good enough. Third was yeah. good enough, for crying yeah. out loud, to, to really take over in the championship. Well, I think this is the first time since like 2012, 2013, that Mercedes have finished a race. Both cars have finished the race, and they haven't and scored the points. points. Yeah. That shows how consistent they are. You've got to give it them. Yeah, yeah. But... You know, yeah, okay, Lewis's was a mistake. Bottas had a terrible race. It's one they got to go away from and forget. It's, I don't know. It's just... <sighs> it's refreshing. It is. That's it's... what it is. <laughs> it is refreshing. This weekend has been refreshing. I don't know if Lovely you... Lovely sun outside. Yeah. I don't know if you saw the interview with Max um, afterwards, because obviously Max had that crash and had to go to the... Um... Uh, what's it? The health centre, the, the medical yes, centre. Yes, yes, yes. And... Um, so obviously whilst the race was still ongoing and he said what well, the interview was like when did you first hear that 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 lewis had, had gone off because there's there's a there's an obvious um difference in max when he kicks the tire and walks off to the medical center to when he comes back to celebrate checo's podium yeah <laughs> there's a very obvious yeah, difference yeah. he thinks okay the champion the, the championship is still going i've still got the lead because and he, and he says he was on the literally on the bed in the medical center getting his blood pressure taken and his phone was like buzzing like going mad and he's like what's going on um and and they they passed he was like it's fine he, he went off to go back to the thing looked at his phone and was like oh my god and the the interview was like did they have to check your blood pressure again afterwards I was gonna say, <laughs> straight back in there straight on the blood pressure machine <laughs> because i mean yeah you could tell that he was very relieved i felt bad for max because he did a flawless race he should have been the winner of that race he he did everything right um it wasn't his fault the tire exploded and he should have taken and further lead in the championship but They've got to go to to France now and, and have a crack at that and try again there. What another amazing segue. Let's talk about France then. I've just been looking at this bit of the script. Yeah. You should have said au revoir Baku, bonjour France. Oh, that would have been a good that bit. That would have been a significantly That's better a segue, good bit. Tom. Well, I'll say but... it once I'll say it once again. Thank you, Baku. Um and we'll move you know, we'll we'll leave you there. You've been incredible. And it was once again another great race. So well done, Baku. Um, and we'll move on to the next race in France. Bonjour, Circuit de Beauregard. Was that okay, Reese? Was that a good one? Yes. Uh, Beauregard, obviously, wanna... obviously a circuit renowned for fast, exhilarating, and exciting races. It's never been a boring race at Beauregard. So let's go on some predictions. Um... We'll start with qualifying. Go on. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I actually, I don't know, Jeff. Uh, I think Lando will have an impressive qualifying. Okay. Um, and I think it'll end up being Lewis, Max, Valtteri. Interesting, interesting. Okay. I think Mercedes are going to be much better at, at Paul Ricard. It's a circuit that seemingly will suit their car much much nicer. I think street circuits are obviously Mercedes' weak point this season. That's clear yep. to, to anyone to look at. I think you're in a good guess there. I think Hamilton pole, Verstappen second, uh, and I'm going to say Perez third. 
Mm, I think I think Perez is is he's in the flow of that car now. I think yeah, he's going to yeah. be more comfortable in it. Um, race podium then. I am going to go for a Perez win. Ooh. Uh, and then I'm going to go for Lewis Hamilton in second, and then I'm going to go for a little cheeky Lando Norris in third. Wow, you think Max is going to screw it? I think Max will be driving with that much determination after this last race that something silly will happen. Like okay. he will go off on a corner and get a puncture or some something along those lines that will just hinder his race. Mm, interesting. Okay. Or Mazepin um, will crash him out on blue flags or something. <laughs> don't, don't jinx it. <laughs> um, I think Max will win. I think Max will win. I think Hamilton will be second. He's not going to let him too far ahead. And I think Perez will be third. Uh, yeah, I think this is going to be a title fight that, that, that keeps going race after race. After. I, I really hope it doesn't. I, I hope there isn't one race where one of the drivers doesn't finish and the other one gets a whole bunch of points because yeah. that will kill the excitement of this season yeah, very yeah. early on. And I don't want that to happen. I want this to keep going right up until the final race of the season. So... That's my prediction. I think Max will win, Lewis second, and I think Perez will be third. Well, um, as always, mm-hmm. we're never right, so nope. make sure you watch the race, and uh, we'll see you after the race when we've got egg on our faces. Yeah, and and hopefully we'll have an episode this week. I don't think we've got any more excuses in the bag, do we? Um, we football check. manager, but uh, apart from that... Yeah, no, we've got nothing else dig, in dig, there. Dig, 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 <laughs> dig, dig right to the bottom. Get right to the bottom of the bag, make sure... <laughs> No, I think I think well, there will be an episode. There will be an episode unless... Um, oh, Reese, you've got that doctor's appointment, don't you? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I've, got, I've got to go <laughs> see a man about a dog. Uh, anyway, yeah, hopefully it will be fine and it will be a cracker of a race either way, even if I it's a bit say, boring. I should say, we enjoy doing the podcast. Oh, we okay? do. We I, don't, I don't want that, um, that to be out there, like that we don't like doing it. We love doing this podcast. Um, it's true. Like Tom said at the start... We're sorry for being a little bit inconsistent these past like six months, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, just because stress, uni stress, you know what it's like. Yeah. Life's tough. Yeah. But yeah, anyways, I'll, I'll let you wrap it up now, Tom. Thank you very much. Well, we will be back with another episode after France. And if we're not, follow us on Twitter because we'll let you know why we're not. Um, <laughs> they don't say that. Now, <laughs> now it's in the back of my mind that we're not going to do it. <laughs> At the rear view pod. Um, and obviously, we will see you then right after the race. Well, a couple of days after. So until then, I've been Tom. And I've also been Tom. Whoa, Sue Toms. Uh, <laughs> and we'll see you next week. Bye bye. Bye, Felicia. Reese, wave at your camera that's not on. Do, 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 do. That's the old music. Bye, guys. Bye. bye.